Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, in the universe. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't get better than this. Welcome to episode 12, I'm your host Desmond Novak, going to be doing a bit of a Giants-Dolphins breakdown, just a bad game, so many injuries, not not much uh, fun takeaways from this one, and a small breakdown of Giants-Bills week 6, Sunday Night Football, hit it Sammy. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. Right, y'all, the NFL season's going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly, and bonus bets and baby DraftKings ain't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 6SPORTS. New customers can score $200 instantly and bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code 6SPORTS. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown, folks, it's yours. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.com. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET, or if you're in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. With that out of the way, like I said, Giants, Dolphins, Week 6, bad game. Going to be talking about the defense to kick things off here. It was a bad game from the defense, but at the same time, a good one, which is weird to say when you give up, I believe, 31 points. I mean, going into this week, Dolphins had the best offense in the NFL. We all knew that. The Giants' defense, they they weren't stopping them. Very, very clear from the start. But at the same time, they forced three turnovers, which, considering that they had zero as a team going into this game, is a positive and something I'm not going to ignore. Started off with a Devon Achain, a Kane. I can never remember how to pronounce his name. I didn't really look into him much coming out of college, and very clearly I should have because he's been one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. Uh, he fumbled early on in the game. Then Jason Pinnock had his ridiculous 102-yard pick six. And then Bobby O'Carrick, he had his own interception off a really, really bad pass from Tua. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Uh, Going to get into some more finer details of the defense, but they lost. Defense gave up 31 points. A lot of guys were getting frustrated during this game. But as for the pass rush, they didn't do a damn thing all game, which is really frustrating because the Dolphins on paper don't have a great offensive line. If you look into it deeper, they, they, you know, they had a lot of guys who have been really good this year, like their center, Evan Brown, who did an absurdly good job at holding down Dexter Lawrence. Uh, They didn't have Teron Armstead, and it just apparently didn't matter. Uh, They only got one sack, which came from Kayvon Thibodeau, who, matter of fact, has four sacks now in three weeks. He hasn't been like incredible. To the point where, like, if he's not getting a sack, he's not, you know, having a big impact, which goes into, again, the lack of a pass rush move bag, which I'm really hoping that he starts to develop because while it's nice that he's getting the numbers sacks wise, I'd like to see him be more active in the pass rush, you know, forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket, making plays in the run even, but it, you know. I'll take I'll take the good with the bad. It could be like the first two weeks of the season where not only was he not doing anything in the run or outside of sacking guys, but he wasn't even getting sacks. He wasn't doing anything. Uh, the run defense was just 
It was terrible. Allowed 222 yards and 23 carries for two touchdowns, which equals out to averaging 9.7 yards per carry. That is just awful. A lot of bad reads from the linebackers and safeties from this game. Uh, Bobby O'Carrickey did have a good game. I'll say that. He was really the only linebacker that was showing out. Isaiah Simmons was all over the place, but not in a good way. Jason Pinnock kind of struggled outside of his pick six, was making some pretty bad reads in the run. Dane Belton got a good amount of run. Uh, second year safety, fifth year at, for fifth round pick. Second year safety out of, I believe, Iowa. Looked really bad. He's he, The big thing with him going into the season, because some thought he could take that starting spot, was is he going to develop as a run stopper? And this game showed that he didn't, was missing tackles, taking horrible angles, just didn't didn't do anything on the field. Just a bad game from him. Xavier McKinney, good game from him. I was saying before that he needed to step it up. And while obviously the Giants defense didn't do what we were hoping them for them to do, he did make some nice plays, especially against their run, was really limiting the Dolphins' deep balls. They were more just kind of settling for getting guys in the yards after catch game, which that they absolutely just murdered the Giants with. Uh, something that really disappointed me this game, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, both had just one tackle and one pressure the entire game, considering the fact that Leonard Williams has a cap hit of 30 mil this season. Dexter Lawrence just signed an extension to be one of the highest paid players in his position. Not ideal at all to have these two guys do nothing, especially against, again, what is on paper, a pretty mediocre Dolphins at the offensive line. They they need to be better, especially with the way the, the Giants got killed in the run game. They they need to do more. They need to produce. I'm not worried personally. Both of these guys have been pretty good, especially Dexter Lawrence. Leonard Williams have been a little more questionable. PFF is, is a lot higher on him than I've been this season. He's still a very solid run stopper, very solid pass rusher, has made some nice plays, but for how much he's making has not been worth that. Uh, Deontay Banks, incredible. Obviously, the Giants got killed in the pass game, but it was not his fault at all. Allowed just three receptions on five targets for 15 yards and had a pass breakup, which the play after his pass breakup was the Jason Pinnock pick six. So, you know, shout out to Deontay Banks. I was saying how he's had to face some really tough competition. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuels, CD Lamb, Marquise Brown, and he's held his own very well against these guys. He wasn't matched up on Tyreek Hill like I thought he was going to be, but he was up against Jalen Waddell, and he did incredibly well against him. Just a great game from the rookie, just showing like that, you know, the Giants actually might have hit on a first round rookie corner, obviously with guys like Eli Apple, who had a great game yesterday. I didn't even know he was on the Dolphins. And yeah, oh my goodness, I just remember DeAndre Baker. Giants have not had much luck with first round corners. Glad to see that they might finally be hitting on one. Speaking of a rookie corner, Trey Hawkins. My God, it's time for the experiment to end with Trey Hawkins. Had a great training camp, looked great in the preseason has been just abysmal his rookie season so far to the point where he, I don't think he played a single snap last week and he was bad again this game, allowed three receptions on three targets for 85 yards and a touchdown. Among these was the Tyreek Hill 69-yard touchdown, which I'm not going to blame on him. It, it's a really tough situation. You want to blame him. You want to blame Wink Martindale. But in all reality, shout out Adore Jackson for having a busted up, I think it was a chin strap, which took him out of the play forced Trey Hawkins into a position he never should have been in, and he got beat bad. I know I was saying during the game that that was on Wink, but after seeing in the post-game interview that it was just Adore having an issue, it's just an unfortunate circumstance. Uh, still, never should have been in that position. The moment I saw, because I think the initial play, someone else was covering Tyreek Hill, and then they switched 
to where Trey Hawkins was covering him, press man coverage, one-on-one. The moment I saw that, I was like, Tyreek Hill is going to get a bomb here, and he did. So just a, not a good game. Likely that his snaps only continue to decline. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a no-show uh, this upcoming week against the Bills. Just guys like Deontay Adore, Cordell Flott, who for some reason wasn't playing early in the season and has looked good so far. There's no reason to really play him at this point. Unfortunately, back to Bobby Okereke, though, great game. Ten combined tackles. The pass breakup that led to the Jason Pinnock pick six, tipped the ball up, made it easy catch, led back. And then his own interception, again, on a Tua pass. I don't know what he was cooking on that. I'm not going to give Tua too much flack because the Dolphins won, and he was a big reason for that win. Just a great game from Bobby Okereke. He's been like, Good, but not great for the Giants, which they've kind of needed him to be great because they haven't had a good linebacker in, oh my, what feels like 10 years now. And hopefully he keeps playing to this level. He's been great in the run. PFF said he had a terrible game in coverage despite the interception. I think they said he allowed like 100 yards, but I haven't watched too much defensive tape aside from like the big plays and all that. So I'm not entirely sure if PFF is trustworthy in that. Xavier McKinney, I said it before, looked great. He did make a bit of a concerning uh, comment where after the post game, he was talked about, I think, a play where someone said he got beat or he blew coverage. I think it was a Trey Hawkins play where people were saying that Xavier McKinney should have been the high safety helping Trey Hawkins when in reality, that's not how the play was drawn up. And he said, what we're not going to do is keep blaming the defense. We lost as a team, and that's what it is. I agree with that comment. The defense has kept the Giants in a lot of games this season, despite the amount of points they've given up. They've given the offense plenty of chances to match those points, and they haven't. But as the captain of the team, one of the captains of the team, you have to take more accountability. You have to just be wiser in that situation. I get he's a young guy. I think he's only like 24, 25. So like, I'm not expecting him to like say something like insanely wise because he's still young, he's still learning, but I was hoping for a better comment like that than that, especially after the one he made a couple weeks ago about tackling, where he said tackling isn't why we lost that game. Uh, But overall for the defense, got killed on the outside. The amount of plays, like the entire first possession for the Dolphins was entirely screen plays and uh, just swing passes outside the numbers where the the Dolphins knew that the Giants weren't going to be able to tackle guys like Devon, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddell, and it worked got off a ridiculous amount of chunk plays off those off those kind of uh, formations. Wink Martindale made some weird adjustments. The corner rotation was really weird at times. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams didn't play as many snaps as I was hoping for them to. It, it's just, I'm not going to blame the game on Wink. It was not a good game from Wink, but he was not the reason they lost that game. I, I'm in a very weird spot with him where I don't want to hate both defense both coordinators because I have my issues with Mike Kafka. Y'all know that. Uh, I don't want to throw a wink under the bus because he's, you know, you can't stop that Dolphins offense. Every every team has tried. They haven't been able to stop them so far. The only team that's come close is the Bills. And as we're going to get into, not this episode, but next, the Bills have a very scary defense. So we'll see how the Giants fare against them. That's all I have on the defense. So I'm going to shift things over to the offense. And again, part of my language, I try to keep it as family friendly as possible. This offense fucking sucks, man. These dudes fucking blow. And I'm like really getting tired of it because like forget the offensive line, which 
brother I'm going to get into. Um, everyone is just not playing well. I will say Daniel Jones had a very good bounce back game. A lot of misplays by, I unfortunately, Darren Waller, funny enough, had his best game, but also had a questionable game because he had one pass on the sideline. You argue we could have caught. It was a great play by the corner, but still had it in his hands, wasn't able to bring it down. And then one really bad one, which would have been in the, a, t- a very easy touchdown. The ball was kind of tipped by Xavier Howard, but at the end of the day, it fell right into his hands. He wasn't able to bring it down. It was just a backbreaking play for the Giants offense. And again, said earlier, a whole lot of injuries. Daniel Jones, neck injury. Ben Bredesen got hurt, did end up coming back. Marcus McKeithen went out. Wando Robinson went out with a concussion and then came back in the game. And I'm not really sure like how that works. Maybe the Fox broadcast heard something that wasn't true. I, I, I don't know. It's a really weird situation. I hope that it doesn't make Wandell have to miss games. Uh, that's all I have on that for now. We're going to go into the offensive line. Really bad. Once again, I've been watching the Giants. I've been alive for 20 years. been watching them you know, as long as I can remember. This might be the worst offensive line unit I've ever watched. And uh, I mean, going even just dating back the last 10 years, we've seen some really bad ones. They gave up 26 pressures and seven sacks, which... You know, that's an improvement compared to the Seahawks game. That's a really big improvement, but again, really bad. And it wasn't like the Seahawks game where when you go back and you watch a film, you can blame a solid like probably four or five of those sacks that the Seahawks had on on Daniel Jones and his inability to kind of like read the pocket and move around this game. I couldn't really see anything where I was like, what is Daniel Jones doing in the pocket? Maybe a player too, but like. It was just more of a show of how bad the offensive line is, and that's to be expected. They had a they had a practice squad center and a practice squad right guard. Yes, yeah, Marcus McKeithen went out, and Jalen Mayfield and Jalen Thomas, I believe, both of those guys were awful. Especially Jalen Mayfield had gave up five pressures and had a, a very bad penalty, which forced the Giants out of what could have been a touchdown. Just God. I I can't take it. Why does every team have a good offensive line seemingly, but the Giants? It's so frustrating to watch. Evan Neal been in the spotlight a lot because of the comments he made towards fans. Had himself a very bad game. I'm actually going to pull up on screen here uh, a play that a lot of people are talking about, which I'm kind of surprised by. Just give me a moment here. Um, a lot of people are talking about it, and the problem with it is that. It's Evan Neal's fault, but I don't think that everyone's fully grasping just kind of how bad the offensive line, the whole offensive line on this play was. Like, this is just like, it's so frustrating to watch. So Daniel Jones is going to take the snap here and immediately, immediately, the center, who I think that's Jalen Tom, Jalen Thomas at that time, is just going to get ripped around, and everyone here is focusing on Evan Neal, who the moment the ball is snapped, sees the edge rusher make his jump, and kind of just ignore him, and that's bad. Don't get me wrong, that's really bad. Like watching this play, I don't know if there's a way you can slow it down in the media player, so I'll just try and take a step by step here. You see Evan Neal. Just ignore him. He's not even looking at the guy. But my main problem here is I don't know if this is a stunt issue with the Giants offensive line where the guard is supposed to wrap around and take the 
uh, the edge. Neil's supposed to rise up. But at the end of the day, none of it's going to matter because the center here, Jalen Thomas, I believe, getting ripped around so easily then forces the guard to have to pick up, which then at that point is going to confuse Evan Neal because he's a second-year right tackle and it's just not very good at the game at this point. And then just leads to Daniel Jones getting crushed by three different people. And it's a play, again, everyone's flipping out on Evan Neal, but it, it, it's it's an amount. The offensive line is an amalgamation of dog shit. And I want to blame Evan Neal. I do blame Evan Neal because it's a bad play, but I'm not going to focus just on Evan Neal. He is a problem. He is not the only problem. The offensive line as a whole is awful. And it's just, I, I, I love Evan Neal. I wish nothing but the best for him. His comments were stupid. I said that on the last episode. I want nothing but the best for him. But you got to play better than that. If you're going to go out there, shit talk the fans, tell them how they're flipping burgers and hot dogs or whatever, which is, again, a really funny quote. You can't go out and give up six pressures and play and make a play like that. That is embarrassing. Again, that play in general is more in the offensive line. I don't know why it's being made as like a massive Evan Neal problem where I understand he made a bad play, but so did everyone else on the offensive line. Um, I'm just very getting, getting very tired of it. I'm not going to talk about the offensive line anymore because if I do, I might have an aneurysm, but Onto the play calling. Mike Kafka, more mundane, boring, garbage, predictable play calling. Just a lot of opportunities where it felt like the Giants should go deep or go for it or just do something. And instead, they opt for these five-yard hitch routes, these crosser routes that go nowhere. And it, it's just, it's becoming so predictable. It's almost like Jason Garrett. Like I remember the days of Jason Garrett where I see the formation and in my mind, I'm like, they're going to run one of these three plays. And like 90% of the time I was right because it, it just becomes so obvious what they're doing. And they're falling back into that Jason Garrett era of play calling where it's just five yard hitch routes, draw five yard hitch route, draw running on second and 10, like every possession. Like it, it becomes predictable and defenses are going to shut it down. Even a defense like the Dolphins were going into this week. They weren't very good. The Dolphins did not have a very good ranked defense going into this week. And it didn't matter because they know what the Giants are going to do on offense. But overall for Daniel Jones, very inconsistent games had, you know, plays where the Darren Waller end zone throw perfectly placed. Darren Waller obviously dropped it. Other plays like the other Darren Waller throw perfectly placed ball. And then he had one where on like a, a third and seven, he had Wandale for an easy first down. He threw it at his feet. It's just plays like that are what really frustrates me out of Daniel Jones. Cause you can't be making $40 million and one second look like a top tier quarterback. And the next look like you don't even belong in the league. And it's just, it's not good. Finish a game completing 14 of 20 passes for just 119 yards. Had four yard, for four rushes for 24 yards on the ground. The Giants run game in general just didn't exist. 29 carries for 85 yards, averaging 2.9 a carry. A good portion of this issue was on the offensive line. But at the end of the day, the, the backups of Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, who surprisingly, I don't think he played at all this game, and Matt Breda, they don't have what Saquon brings. Obviously, there are a few running backs in the league that do. Eric Gray finally got some offensive snaps. He was primarily just a kick and punt returner for the first couple of weeks. Finally got to see what he can do on offense, and he kind of stunk. Had a nice like 21-yard run earlier in the game, but it got called back to, to a Ben Bredesen hold. And after that, it was just over for him. Again, a lot of us on the offensive line, 
but he, there were just so many moments where he was trying to do too much. He didn't really see holes and that's to be expected out of a fifth round running back. I didn't expect anything crazy out of him. Like I know some other giants fans did. I thought he was fine. He definitely was not my pick, my running back pick in the fifth round at that point. I, I loved a lot of the running backs in this year's draft. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe he'll be something. I, he runs hard. Eric Gray runs really hard, which I love to see out of running backs. That's like my favorite trait of a running back. If they run hard, hopefully he can, you know, get better as the season goes on, uh, which I don't know, man, like this offense in general just sucks. And regardless of your thoughts on Daniel Jones, Mike Kafka receivers, running backs, tight ends, we don't have a fullback anymore. Fullbacks. It doesn't matter. Nothing on this offense is going to get better until the offensive line does. I get that there are teams that succeed with a bad offensive line, but I genuinely don't think it's that any team has a line as bad as the Giants right now. I don't watch every team like I watch the Giants, obviously, but it's so frustrating watching other teams who have like, I won't say not as good offensive weapons as the Giants, but like, yeah, not just I'll straight up say not as good offensive weapons as the Giants make it work because they have an even serviceable offensive line. The Giants have plenty of great weapons and plenty of dynamic weapons and plenty of opportunities to score, but it's always squandered because the offensive line is doing something wrong. And it's just I'm getting very tired of it, something I don't even know how I didn't talk about it before. Joshi Zudu really loved the kid out of uh, North Carolina, plays with a lot of heart, had a really good uh, career debut. Well, start career first career start against the Cardinals look incredible only gave up one pressure which was one sack and was great the entire rest of the game ever since then he's been really bad and that continued this this game was just could not block anything the dude couldn't block a traffic cone had three penalties on one drive that just ruined what what was at one point a very successful drive and I feel very bad for him from a human standpoint, because it's like the second game in a row now where like he's been in the locker room and he started breaking down just because of the mistakes that he made. And while I understand that the giants need to put their best player out there, it's hard not to feel for him as a person because he was put in a position. He never should have been Joshi Zudush never should have played left tackle for the giants. But when Andrew Thomas goes out, Matt Purr is just not a good football player. And the giants really don't have any other options. They were forced to put him out there. And it's just very unfortunate. I wish nothing but the best for him. And it just, again, the offensive line in general, the Giants could get Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz back. And it's only going to do so much because the entire right side of your offensive line is dog shit. You have your guys of on the left side of Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredis, and JMS. They're going to hold it down. But when Marcus McKeithen and Evan Neal are genuinely two of the worst players at their position like they are right now, it's not going to matter defenses are going to stack the right side and make and just turn them into dog food and it's it just sucks man hopefully justin Pugh, who i said last week was signed to a practice squad deal can work his way up in the depth chart and get a chance i really hope so because i honestly doubt that he could be much worse than marcus mckeithen at this point another player who had a very good career debut against the cardinals and then has sucked ever since but yeah the offense sucks everything is bad mike kafka bad o-line bad uh, the biggest storyline from this game right now has to be the Daniel Jones injury, which happened in the fourth quarter after Josh Zudu completely blew his assignment. I mean, I don't even know what he was doing on that play. Jones got hit from behind, 
led to a neck injury, which I'm not going to show the play. I hate showing injuries. I don't like that Fox showed the injury like five times like they always do. I cannot absolutely cannot stand that. Um, Jones said himself that it felt like the, the soreness felt pretty similar to the neck injury he had back in 2021, which led him to miss six games. And I really hope that's not the case because if he misses extended time, it could get even worse than it already is for the Giants. And it just, every year, the Giants are just plagued with injuries. And it's either Saquon, it's Daniel Jones, one of the receivers like Sterling Shepard, offensive lineman. Every year, it's just someone else, someone new. I'm getting tired of it. I don't know if the Giants got cursed or something. Maybe Eli was praying to uh, some kind of entity to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowls and a curse the Giants for 100 years. I don't know, man. But at the end of the day, if Jones misses time, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor time, baby. And I'm in a weird way excited for it. I'm not going to say Tyrod looked better than Daniel Jones when he was in the game for the fourth quarter, but his pocket awareness and like movement and ability to extend plays in the pocket was incredible. And something that Daniel Jones kind of can't do, he's definitely the better pure quarterback, but like when it comes to extending plays and making crazy shit happen, Tyrod Taylor is definitely the better guy. He might make more mistakes than Jones, but he also might make make some bigger plays happen. We'll have to see. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants kind of took this Bills game as a, yeah, we're going to lose no matter what type of week and save Daniel Jones for, I believe they play the commanders a week after. So maybe it'll be Tyrod time. I kind of hope it is. I want to see Tyrod start a game, especially because I'm kind of indifferent towards Daniel Jones last right now. It's not like last year where people were calling for him to be benched after week one, despite the win. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, man. I, th- this is so scary right now, which is going to lead into uh, the bills right now to quote. I believe this quote comes from anchor, man. I'm so fucking scared right now to play the Bills. The Bills got not curve stomp, but like they lost to the Jaguars in a very frustrating way. And they're not going to be happy about that, especially coming back from London. I wouldn't want to be in London to begin with, let alone lose to the Jaguars in London. And the Giants could be without Andrew Thomas, Saquon, and Daniel Jones. So if all three of those guys are out, what are they going to do? What is the offense supposed to do without their three best players? Their three most important players, like literally the like the three arguably most important positions on offense. You can argue running back, whatever, but left tackle and quarterback are the, probably the two most important positions on offense. And you could be without both of them, especially Andrew Thomas, who's probably when healthy, the best left tackle in the NFL, if not top three, undoubtedly top three. And Daniel Jones is he's Daniel Jones. There he is. Um, eight. Very well could be the worst game of the season. I I don't think it'll be Cowboys 40 nothing bad, but I think it's just going to be very demoralizing to see the team really continue to collapse as the season goes on. And I, I don't know what's going on. Obviously, the Giants have a much more difficult schedule than they did last season, and that very easy schedule last season is definitely the reason that they made the playoffs. But at the end of the day, the team isn't playing as aggressive as they were. They're not playing the same brand of football. They don't have the same attitude. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's a coaching issue, a player issue. I have no idea. I'm not in that locker room. I, I I just want it to get better. At the end of the day, I want to watch enjoyable Giants football, which is why the Dolphins game wasn't as bad for me as others because like we lost. The Giants lost in a pretty bad way. But at the same time, like defensively speaking, I like 
102 yard pick six that tied either tied or beat the franchise record for longest interception return. Like how can I not get excited about this? Same with the Bobby O'Karaki interception. I love my linebackers, you know, love seeing guys like that make a play, but that's going to cut it off here. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like comment, subscribe, turn on the notifications, please. And remember to uh, follow us on Twitter at sick giants. That being said, I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.